Hi, I'm Hannah, team manager with the Orange Arrow Players Association, a nonprofit organization whose mission is to coach student athletes to aim for success off the field. Please consider making a play by giving, posting a friend raiser, subscribing to our podcast and YouTube channel, and staying connected on social media at Orange Arrow PA. Visit orangearrow.org for more information. Thank you for listening. Take aim. Welcome to Inside the Play Call with Orange Arrow, and I'm your host, Sean Robinson. And today, we have a very, very special guest, Haley, a.k.a. Coach Haley Traub. What's up, Haley? How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thanks for asking. Thanks for asking. Uh, thank you for joining. Excited to, uh, to share with you. I mean, you've been rocking with the OA family for a while now. We're going to yeah. get into that a little later. But mm-hmm. as you know, you know, before you get into a sports activity, you know the importance of warming up and stretching, right? Yeah, of course. All right, here we go. Haley, I got a couple warm-up questions for you. First one, okay. if you can only listen to one musical artist for 30 days straight, only one. Now, you can listen to their entire catalog, but you only have one. Who are you listening to? Oh gosh. Um, I would have to say Maroon 5, just because I get really hyped off their music and I feel like I can really focus and get a lot done when listening to their music. So definitely Maroon 5. Maroon 5, and so the uh, lead singer, Adam Levine, right? Yep. Yeah, dope, dope. That's a great, that's a great selection. The, um, I really like that, that Adam and um, Kanye, collab they had years ago yeah and, um, yeah he's just uh, so iconic and i loved i don't know if you ever watched the sugar music video where he goes to like different weddings across the state of florida and he surprises all the brides oh that's dope no yeah it's like, yeah it's like my favorite video of all time music video maroon five maroon five so so um do you have a favorite maroon five song um, I would have to say sugar. <laughs> sugar. Okay. Dig that. Dig that. Dig that. All right. So Haley, if you had to be on a reality show, you had to be on one, which one would you be? Which one would you join? Two difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would like to say undercover boss. <laughs> oh, yeah. I haven't seen um, that in a while. I actually really enjoy that show. Go ahead. Yeah, ahead. I actually watch it quite often. And the number one reason is because I would like to be successful. I would like to be the boss in that position, work hard, and be able to, you know, reward these young individuals who are really um, supporting their business. So, yeah. That definitely makes sense. Mm. You, 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 you're already successful. You're definitely a boss. And then, then others are going to know that's that's actually really good, and I could see, and just hearing your reasoning to be able to you know surprise or support or do something special for uh, those who would be part of your company. You know, some of the younger in- individuals. It just speaks to who you are. We're going to get to that <laughs> later again, but uh, <laughs> yes. that makes sense. Undercover boss. Wow, is that still airing? I don't know, but I watch it on like Hulu or Netflix a lot. And my dad's really obsessed with it too. So <laughs> kind of works out like that. I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. Haley, favorite TV show of all time. If it comes on right now, you will stop to watch it. 
Um, that would be Modern Family. <laughs> Just because I'm I'm a really big family person and our family kind of reenacts what modern family is like. We kind of really funny, upbeat. Sometimes we, you know, make fun of each other, but in a good way. So yeah, and I would love to have a big family like that too. So definitely modern family. <laughs> Perfect segue. Take us back. Talk about your family, your hometown, where you're originally from. Take it away a little bit. Yeah, so I am from Andover, Massachusetts. It's a small town, 30 minutes of Boston in Massachusetts. I have two older brothers. It's actually, they're actually 22 and 23 and I'm 21. So back to back to back. Wow. Um, oh, yeah. I am thankful that I have, I live with both my parents. They've been married for 25 years and I have two cats, Athena and Arthur, and they are a big part of my life. I love them so much. So, yeah. So, um, what, wait, did, you didn't bring them to school with you, did you? They're at home? No, no, it's so hard. Yeah. yeah. So obviously I, I go to University of Miami, which is on a three hour plane ride from my hometown, but I'm also thankful my parents bought a place down here. So I actually never go more than two weeks without seeing them, which is quite, quite awesome for me because I'm a really big family person. Um, but yeah, Andover, Massachusetts, I live and, and there. I, 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 I'm going to jump, I'm, I'm going to interrupt right quick because, because, so if I heard you correctly, so you have two older brothers. So it's a total of three of you all, correct? Yep. So you are the baby sister. Yes, I am. <laughs> How was that growing up? Um, not lie because I did sports and because I was pretty strong neither of my brothers really did sports so I was able to keep up you know they they sometimes you know older brothers can pick on you but I was able to keep up just because of how often I was you know working out and stuff like that um but we're really close there was obviously a lot of bickering between us but as I've grown older I've just loved to be closer to them and been able to have that connection so that's yeah. awesome. And so you mentioned playing sports when you were young. So what some of the sports did you play growing up? So when I was really young, I played almost everything in the book, probably karate, figure skating. Yeah, I know some crazy ones. Um, gymnastics, soccer, volleyball, basketball. Um, my brother did play basketball and I wanted to be like him for a while. So I played that for a few years. But my main two sports were gymnastics and soccer. And I also did cheerleading when I was younger. Not, not the biggest though. And so then around like seventh grade or no, sorry, like fifth grade, I had to decide between soccer and gymnastics. So I cho chose gymnastics and I did gymnastics all the way until senior year of high school. So okay. I did gymnastics for around 18 years of my life. Wow, wow. Yeah. And so uh, Andover, you said about 30 minutes outside of Boston, correct? Yes. Are you Celtics fan, Patriots fan, Sox? Oh, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big Patriots fan. I just love football. Football is like my main sport. I, you know, super, Sundays I would be, grow up um, next to my dad watching the Patriots just play um, all Sunday long, doing some homework. Um, but, yeah, it. I'm not the biggest, like, basketball person or really um, hockey or or baseball for that matter, but you know, in Boston, you're in title town, you know, Since the <laughs> 2000s, I think we won like 16 championships among all the different sports. So really That's cool true. growing up in that area. Nah, it's really cool. Now, now do you still root for Brady now that he's yeah. the bus? 
Oh, you do? Okay. Yeah, 100%. I honestly think, you know, the Patriots Foundation didn't really do them really well. It's Robert Kraft, you know, obviously Tom Brady's very, very good quarterback and his pay just was not in line with, you know, his, um, you know, skills. So I think the Bucks definitely, you know, showcased that, which I think his, I think his contract was like 42 million for two years, which is absolutely crazy. I think he was only making eight mil at the Patriots. So I'm not, I understand, got to go where the money goes sometimes. Yeah. That sounds like uh, Boss Haley speaking right there. You went right into Vince's mode. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. So, big number. Uh, I'm a big numbers person, so. Got you. Got you. Um, any other interests growing up? So, you know, gymnastics all the way through high school. Uh, were you into um, the arts? Were you into writing? Um, I, I'm really uh, trying to think. I was really into volunteering. I will say that. Not really not that artistic. I like things a certain way. So, you know, sometimes you have to use your more creative side for art and kind of let things go where they take you. And that's not really who I am, but I really did like volunteering a lot. I would volunteer at a lot of like my food kitchens. There was one organization I really, really loved um, helping out with. It was called Project Home Again. I would donate like every Sunday for four hours and just um, clean up a warehouse where they have furniture for those who have dealt with um, hardships in their life, whether it be domestic abuse, um, fires, um, other, you know, stuff like that. So they got to like shop for free in a warehouse with that was full of furniture. Wow. So is that something that you would go by yourself or your family would go? Yeah. So I, um, I'm Jewish. So I obviously, it was through my um, temple, but not, not really. I kind of started it by myself. I would go by myself and I just got really into it. So I encouraged some of my other friends to get involved. And so sometimes like every Sunday they would come help me out. So yeah, I was actually, wow. I had to be a supervisor position for that. So it was really cool. Wow. It's always really interesting to hear uh, people's backstory. Um, and so just hearing your backstory, it makes so much sense of like who you are. You're so giving of your time and your talents. Yeah. That's wonderful. I just personally, I just realized I like come from like a lot of privilege and, you know, I've given been given a lot in this life and I know others are not in the same situation and circumstance that I'm in. So I like to like give as much of my time and dedication as I can to people that, you know, especially, especially this organization, but um, you know, to inspire the youth and just continue on to like, you know, you can get out of your hardship, I guess, in that way. That's awesome. Uh, and, and I applaud you and salute you. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm staying with Boston a little longer. Um, so we talked about title Town. Yep. Um, and, 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 but with, also with Boston, um, there's some uh, iconic musical artists that has come from that area. Obviously, New Kids on the Block new addition mm -hmm. um and so being that gymnastics uh, so so how was the music scene so we think of boston music like what comes to mind is the new kids on the block well, or, or i will i will say this i was like a concert junkie when i was like young so i would go to a lot of concerts at like the td garden which um in andover there's a metro rail you could just take right there it's 20 minutes so it was really convenient in that aspect but I would love to see Adele, which is kind of 
weird. Um, but I loved seeing her. I saw her on her last concert when I was 16. It was unforgettable um, and so memorable because I went with my mom. And then I got to see a lot of, I went to Jingle Ball, which originated in New York, but they are, um, they have like concerts all over the United States during Christmas time. So there's that. So I don't really think about new kids on the block because I hate to say it, I'm a little past that time. You are, but, um, you are. that's true. Yeah. I kind of show my age a little bit. So if I was no, but I do, parents, I do know who they, they are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's fair. That yeah. is fair. <laughs> but I mean, I, I was like the typical 2005 type because both my brothers were a little older than me. So I would listen to, you know, Fergie, all of those yep. different type of people when I was younger. Um, and I do really love music. I'm just really into like really upbeat, popular music. So, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. No, it makes sense. I definitely age myself because I was like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know who they are. I think it's more right. of 90s, if I could be. Yep. Correct. Yep. Yeah. 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 Uh, because I know the uh, the brothers. They have a, from what I'm told, a famous burger joint in the Boston area. Oh, do they really? Oh, I'm, I'm sure they do. I'm at Big Wait, It's called Wahlburgers. Have you heard of that? Oh my gosh. They created that? Yeah, I think one of the, um, one of the members, yeah, I think like two brothers. I'm pretty certain that- The Wahl, yeah, Mark, yeah. I think his name is? Mark Wahlburger. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my so God, I, he had, I, he I did not know that. Well, I, I love I, their I burgers. Think I think I'm correct because and now I think about it, Mark Wahlberg, he had, you know, he used to be a rapper, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I could be mistaken. I could be mistaken. Um, but I know it's all Boston. I know it's all Boston. I there. love Wahlburgers. It's so good. So yeah. good. There's one yeah. like 45 minutes from me. I think they have a few locations. I am a big foodie. I will say that. So, oh, you do? Yeah, yeah. Now, now, do you cook? Um, I cook, but in college, I kind of find a hard time just balancing it all because I do like to be really busy. Um, but I do. I'm an I'm Italian. So I've grown up, you know, with my dad in the kitchen creating anything Italian, whether it be like pasta or lasagna or like chicken parm, eggplant parm. Those are my favorites. So, yeah, that's that's great. So I uh, I would consider myself a foodie. I may be borderline, but I enjoy being in the kitchen. I enjoy cooking. Actually, you said pasta. I actually made, yep. uh, uh, was it uh, Alfredo from scratch? Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, shrimp Alfredo mm -hmm. and um, eggplant. And my wife's a vegetarian. I need to find out. You might have oh seen Oh, my gosh. My dad's eggplant parmesan. Amazing. Amazing. Because I don't, um, typically, I don't eat red meat anymore. And sometimes he'll put like some red meat in it. But mm -hmm. yeah, amazing. So, so if you had to, uh, if you were asked to, to cook a, a dish for, we'll call like four of the OA student athletes and, and like two coaches, what would you make? Um, so my favorite and my dad's favorite to cook me, I would say steak tips and oven roasted potatoes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Count me in. Count yeah, me no, in. oven roasted potatoes are like my favorite too, so. Awesome, yeah. awesome. And so, so Boston, gymnastics all the way through. How did you get to Miami? It's a long story, I will say that. Um, but I guess we have time, right? Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, so I did cheerleading 
one season of my senior year of high school. I was mostly a gymnast. I got to level 10, did level 10 for three years. Really wanted to do college gymnastics. Hey, um, I'm gonna interrupt. Educate me. What does that mean? You got to level 10. Um, so in gymnastics, there's junior Olympics. So that's the program that kind of, you know, houses all the gymnastics portion, even those who go to the Olympics. So typically when you go to the Olympics, for example, you go through JO and you end up at level 10 at like the age of 10. And then you go into a program called elite, which there's a lot of different qualifications you need, but to put it slightly, I think there's only 60 elite gymnasts in the whole entire country. So that's really, really intense. But what I did, what most gymnasts do is the junior Olympic path, um, junior Olympic, because it's, you know, not really towards the Olympic that I think it used to be. But basically there's levels one through 10 and there's different qualifications and skills you have to get to, to progress through the levels. So level 10 is the highest level. And, you know, I think it's a weed out, it's kind of like a weed out process. I believe 20,000 kids start at level one or two, and then around a thousand or 2000 get to level 10. So. Wow. That's impressive. Gotcha. Yep. Wow. Thank, yep. Thanks for explaining that. Continue. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So I really wanted to do college gymnastics, but the schools that were like offering me, I wasn't really interested in going to. And so, cause I'm really big on academics but I didn't want academics to be my whole life. So the schools that I was getting, you know, were like Ivy Leagues, but I didn't really want to be in that competitive environment because I know myself and I know I sometimes get really stressed under those environments. Um, but for the longest time, I really wanted to go to Air Force Academy. Um, learned about it in my sophomore year. And I just kind of fell in love with the fact that I could be in the Air Force and like have that discipline and schedule that I had in gymnastics in school my whole life. So I started applying in, I want to say, uh, I had my whole application process done by August of my um, going into my senior year, which I don't know if you know that, but that's like really, really early um, for that. Yeah. And so going to the Air Force, you need, like the Air Force Academy, you need a lot of different qualifications. So you need a um, nomination from a senator, president, or has a representative. So you have to go through a huge interview process for that. Um, I actually got two. I got one from my house of rep, um, Nikki Songus, and I got one from the um, state representative, um, Elizabeth Warren. So I oh, wow. passed that qualification. Um, and then I also, and they only give five out for the entire state of Massachusetts. So that oh. was... Yeah, yeah, that was wow. big, big feat because so yeah. we don't. It's kind of also a weed out process. Um, the Air Force Academy is free education, and it like sets you up to be an officer in the United States Air Force. So a lot of people are going like want to do it. Um, so I think like ten thousand people start, and only like thousand people get a selection. So you know throughout that whole process, it's like kind of like a weed out process. So you need to get a nomination. You also need to pass the medical examination so that was a little um hard for me because being a gymnast of course there's injuries that come all come along so I double stress fractured my back I broke both feet yep I shattered my knee so yeah really? are you serious yeah yeah so I'm, I'm really into the comebacks and you know grinding of course you probably know that about me but um definitely you got a yeah, lot of books so, 
really into all of that. So I got through gymnastics, but I knew also with that college gymnastics, I probably couldn't have done it just because my body um, yeah. wasn't yeah. able to do it anymore. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I had to get a lot of waivers. I had to get four waivers for the Air Force, which was very hard. Um, they didn't actually get my, the waiver process is really, really slow. So they didn't actually get back to me until April of my senior year, even though I applied and submitted all my information of August. So while that, you know, few month span was happening, obviously I did apply to other colleges because I knew that the Air Force Academy being a 10% acceptance rate, you know, likelihood is, you know, you, you don't get in and you have to have safety options. So I applied to University of Miami because my cousin went here and they had no supplemental essays. So it was just another box to check on the Common App. So I figured, why not? I applied EA and I ended up getting in in January of 2019. Still haven't heard back from the Air Force Academy at this point yet. I actually got into the honors program here and I got like a pretty good scholarship. That was my biggest thing too. My parents, you know, could support me financially, but because they've spent all that money through gymnastics and stuff. I wanted to take that burden on myself and, you know, just get as much, you know, financial help as I could because college obviously isn't really inexpensive these days anyways. Right, so, exactly. Yeah. So um, while I was stressing out about not hearing from the Air Force Academy and being that I, you know, had a pretty decent scholarship from the University of Miami and I had gotten into the honors program. I decided to take a weekend trip with my mom to University of Miami just to kind of get away and get my mind off of not hearing back from the Air Force Academy. But my mom said if, if we were going to go down to Miami, I might as well, you know, talk to the cheer coaches because that was something I would be interested in and also talk to the ROTC commander down here for Air Force because ROTC is another way to become an Air Force in the United States military, um, Air Force. Right. So I go down this for this weekend, most magical me weekend probably of my whole entire life. Seriously. And, yep, yep. I talked to the ROTC commander. He offered me a 100% scholarship on the spot, which, you know, quite literally never happens. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So... Now that like finances were kind of out of the picture for that, you know, being with the Air Force Academy and University of Miami being the same at this point, um, you know, of course, Miami, sunny, it was, didn't rain once. I was walking around the campus. It looks like a resort. I don't know if you've ever been on their campus. Definitely, I have. Yes, yes, definitely. Really, it's like a resort, honestly. Um, it was sunny, 80 degrees. It was, you know, coming from in March, you know, 60 probably 20 degrees in Massachusetts snowing raining all the time so not the best and coming to the best I would say and so then that's a great selling point he me, yep he gave me a few hours to decide because obviously you know that's kind of a big thing to put on somebody's plate um and I was kind of getting frustrated with the Air Force Academy at this time because you know I had applied in August Right. And I've gotten all the qualifications back. Like I believe my medical, all my medical history got approved in January. And I was watching the service academy forums and people kept getting accepted. And they would say it from their state, what major they were. Um, and it was just killing me in, in their GPA. And it was, it was killing me because I had 
better qualifications than the people they were accepting and yet they still hadn't accepted me um and then I came here and felt so appreciated you know on the spot somebody's like I don't want you to come to the University of Miami to represent me so I ended up going I'm gonna pause there so I I want you to pick it up but what you said is so important and, and we share this with uh with those who are being recruited and think about going to college yeah. Uh, well, when they're going to college, whether they're playing a sport or not, uh, yep. but particularly those who are playing a sport, like it's so important to go somewhere where you are wanted, where you feel welcome. Yep. And um, it, it just helps set the, set the stage because there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, but it's a lot easier when you're somewhere where we want you here. Exactly. As, a, as opposed exactly. to, it's, like, it's, you know, we didn't whole, want you here. It's a, part of the whole trusting process. You know, yeah. if somebody says, oh, we want you to come, but they delay their response for eight months and you see all these other people getting in. How do you know if you're really struggling that they can help you and they'll be there for you? Um, Especially in an athletic and education standpoint um, when thinking about recruiting and all of those aspects. So, yeah. Um, So you have a few hours to decide. I had a few hours to decide because what he had said, he didn't meet anyone with my qualifications yet in his whole um, interviewing process. So he didn't want to give this scholarship just to anyone. So he had met me and he said, I had already told headquarters um, that I didn't want anyone here. But now that you're here and we want you, you know, we'll try to fight with headquarters and get the scholarship back just for you. But you would only have a few hours to decide because, you know, we need to tell headquarters you're definitely interested. So, you know, I, I'm calling my family. I'm all stressed. My mom's like, you can, like, my mom's calling my whole family being like, you cannot just believe what happened. Um, and now, you know, University of Miami is kind of seen as a party school and, you know, kind of a big party school. Yeah, and, I mean, that's, I mean, it's, it's it that is. far from South Beach. You're, so. you're in Miami, you know. Um, sunny, and right. I was not like that <laughs> at all. Um, just, I had, I was not into partying whatsoever. I just really into my education having fun, going to the beach. That was like my biggest thing. That's how I had fun. Um, so my brothers are like, she's thinking about going to university of Miami. Cause they were like in shock because that's, you know, not the typical, um, some people in my high school previously have gone to university of Miami and we had two totally different personalities. So, um, but I ended up going to the cheer open workout and I loved it. I actually won the lucky backpack and they were all telling me, they were like, please come try out. We would love for you to be on our team. So again, like showing that interest in myself from all these different places around campus um, and also talking to them, they were saying how there's so much diversity on the campus, not, not only in like ethnicity, but like just personality types, you know, you you have your business majors who, you know, might go, might go out all the time, but you also have your like um, STEM majors who will have to study and have to stay in. So right. um, after hearing that and after like, you know, hearing about the ROTC stuff, I came to the decision that University of Miami was definitely my, like the best decision I could have made. So, and I still hadn't heard from the Air Force Academy at this point, which, you know, has been really stressful for me. Um, And it just felt like a perfect magical weekend. So, and I was always told in the college process, if you know, you know, if you go on their campus and it feels like home, you know. So I ended up committing that day on the spot to the University of Miami and 
probably best decision of my life so far. I have loved every single minute of it. Of course, there's ups and downs um, to everything, but definitely the best decision I have made. Um, going back to the Air Force Academy, I ended up getting in a day before National Decision Day, um, and I had already been committed to Miami for a month, so I decided not to change my option and just stick with the University of Miami. Yeah, and with that, so was it still satisfying that you got in? It was, it was. Yeah. I really, I really grinded in high school. I took the ACT, SAT, got really, really good scores, or pretty good scores. Um, I was, you know, volunteered constantly, did gymnastics constantly, had like a four or five GPA, kind of crazy. I always just was really, really, really working hard. And so I actually got into almost all the colleges I applied to besides one. And like, I think that was kind of just a, a testament to all my hard work. And it, it does pay off. It might, you know, take a while to pay off and you might not see it during the process, but it does pay off. So it was. Right. So after you, what are you majoring in? Um, I was a math and computer science major, but I had to drop the computer science to a minor. So I'm majoring in mathematics with a probability and statistical track. And I have minors in education, aerospace studies, entrepreneurship, and computer science. Wow. You have all of that going on. Yeah. You're a cheer team. You're volunteering. How are you? That's, wait, aren't you, are you in SAC as well? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> Student Athletic Advisory Council, like, how are you managing all of I'm really good with time management. Um, you know, I just try to get... I, you know, every morning I make a to-do list and this is what really keeps me on pace and on track of everything I have to do in that day, every class I have, every homework assignment due. Um, I also do it at the start of the week as well, just looking at my week and coming forward. And I just kind of grind, you know, I kind of sometimes have to pull those late nights, but it is what it is. My biggest motto is I'm only in college once and I am getting like a pretty discounted education. So, um, got to make those who, you know, have helped me this far proud. And I have to, you know, diversify myself as much to make myself marketable for when I'm older, because I know I'm only going to have this opportunity once. So that's a wonderful outlook. And yeah. I'm going to take you back a little bit because, you know, we're sharing with young student athletes yep. about time management and getting yep. things done. Can you break down a little bit more about how you create this to-do list? Are you yeah. handwriting um, it down or, or is it in your or is it in your phone? Sorry, there's like a little um, calendar I use. So I'm just trying to find it real quick. And... All right, so, so, so Haley's locating her calendar. She's actually going to give a visual, but then also, you know, we'll be able to explain to the, okay. the podcast listeners. So, yeah, this is my little schedule. It's off Amazon. Um, it's called like weekly plan. So there's like a little to-do list and um, like, top urgent ones and then the rest ones um and basically what I would do is I would go through each day Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday and write all the commitments I had down so here I have all my classes I have my practice my meetings for different volunteer opportunities um I have a photo shoot on here actually um and for this to-do list part on this main weekly calendar it's like stuff kind of housekeeping work, whether I have to do laundry, I have to, you know, get dry needles, get my car fixed, all that stuff, go grocery shopping, just the main stuff I have to do as a college student. 
And so then after this, I just take an index card. You, I actually got this on Amazon for $8, I think. And I then take an index card and say Monday to-do list. So I try to, I write down every class and I have, I write down all the homework in those classes. And then I write down like, et cetera. So I have like that small list that is on here, but I can't, like it kind of looks overwhelming on here. So I break it down to different days. So I'll just say, you know, hey, I'm gonna get all my laundry done today and all this other homework done. So yeah, and it works Absolutely. pretty well for me, so. Yeah, Haley, we uh, one of these virtual sessions, you're gonna have to explain it to uh, the group of student athletes that's on a Zoom. Yeah, also, um, I just, cause you know, being a student athlete, you need to be really organized and scheduled with your schedule because you have so much going on constantly. Um, and so I found writing it down helps me and looking at the visual helps me. Um, and then also with the to-do list and kind of like a checklist like that, checking stuff off and highlighting it when you're done, um, it sends dopamine into your brain. So it makes you want to complete more. It's like there's science behind it. Mm -hmm. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. Great insight there. So you mentioned being a student athlete and of course the time management. Speak to yeah. the athlete side of things. How has it been being part of the uh, cheer at the University of Miami? It's been such a movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> just because, you know, I'm in the University of Miami. You know, there's so many opportunities that they've given us. We get to cheer at Hard Rock Stadium, which is an NFL stadium, which, you know, not a lot of other colleges get to do. I'm sure it's really cool for the football players as well. But, you know, there's nothing like going to a game on Saturday after the weeks and weeks of training that you've done for cheer and just seeing everyone there around 50,000 people. It's crazy. Um, watching the flag, standing in the middle of the field as you're doing the national anthem, you know, making the crowd get loud when we, you know, we're on third and one and we really need to get that extra yard or, you know, we're trying to stop a third and one on defense, you know, so it's unforgettable. I live for game day. Um, of course, you know, there is some struggles, sometimes practice. We practice at night. So after a whole long day of ROTC and, you know, homework and class, you know, having practice from like 6.30 to 10.30 can be a long time, but, you know, it's, it's worth it because you live for those moments um, on game day. So, and then also we do promotional events through cheer where I got to be on the reunion show for the Super Bowl in Miami Beach. And I got to meet like Jimmy Johnson, Ed Reed, um, all the Ray Lewis, I believe also just Oh yeah. Yeah, you Miami greats. They were having greats for legends, right? Yeah, yeah. They were having this reunion show and it was crazy. I got to be in the back of it. My parents were like screenshotting me on TV. <laughs> it was, it was absolutely crazy. Um, yeah. All the experiences and opportunities I get through cheer is just what keeps me going, I would say. And so I, I'm trying to remember, I think maybe you missed it. Now, were you on campus when Drake was there or that, that was right? I was not, I was not, yeah. my teammates were, my teammates were, and our, I'm thankful for our coaches because apparently they had practice while he was here, but they were like, you know what, this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity, right. I don't just go to it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> our coaches are pretty lenient with that stuff. Um, yeah, but honestly, on that page of just being in that kind of celebrity environment, you know, um, 
there have been many people just to come to the University of Miami, whether, you know, I see Ed Reed almost every other day, just yeah. walking around, walking really around. Really good the guy. Yeah, which Solid, is- Solid, humble, crazy. yeah, approachable, yeah. yeah. Yeah, oh, he's so approachable. He says hi to everyone, anyone who wants a picture, easily says hi. Um, and then I believe The Rock has come a few times. Um, yep, and so, well, who's that famous part? There's a famous actor, and playwriter, I believe, who came to the University of Miami. His daughters now go here. I want to say it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, wow. No. Is it? So I know Dwayne Johnson the mm. Rock, he played football at the U. Yep, yep, he, he did. Um, I'm blanking on this. I'm no really worries, blanking. no worries. We'll, 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 no, it we'll, wasn't him. We'll it wasn't him. Later time. Yeah. But that's cool though. That's really cool. Yeah, now, so um, there's yeah, there's celebrities always on campus, which is really cool. I think my freshman year we had a DeBaby concert in the Wasco Center. It's really cool. That is really cool. And so the um you had a pretty big internship this past summer, wasn't it? Oh yeah, I had a computer science internship. Yeah. Uh, speak speak to us about that experience a little bit. Yeah, so I um being in computer science, you know, you mostly code in all your classes and you learn about how to create a computer. And so the idea that you could actually use this in corporate America kind of seems a little slurred and I didn't really see, I'm a really big person on why, why are we doing this? Why, you know, how does this apply? So I decided to get an internship um, and the internship I got was actually five minutes from my house in Andover. My brother actually also works there. So it was just pretty convenient and so basically what I was doing, they basically, the company specializes in data deconstruction. So these big companies send their devices to this, it's called Castaway. They send their devices to Castaway and the decon they destroy all the data um, on those computers. And they actually resell those laptops and different technology for sale um, through eBay for profit. So, you know, they pay these, so these big companies, for example, like Xfinity and public schools, you know, they have laptops, they send them to Castaway, get all their data destroyed, and then they don't really care what you do with all those laptops, even though they're in, you know, perfect condition. So they actually resell them through um, a website, eBay, and they actually make a lot of money through that aspect. But where I was, I was on the testing side of things. So we would get these computers in, we would have to make sure they work. We would have to download um, software and different stuff like that onto these computers. We would have to build computers practically from scratch with just you know adding hard drives and stuff. And so it was really cool seeing just my skills that I've learned in class finally being applied to corporate America. Yeah, so I just loved the experience. However, I did learn that in this experience, I wasn't as much into the software development and computer hard drive stuff as I was with analyzing the company and making sure how I can make it more efficient on a financial that's good to side. Find out. Yeah. So that's why um, I was double majoring in computer science and mathematics, but I dropped my my major of computer science to a minor and I decided to take more business classes with adding the intro to entrepreneurship just because I think that's more suited towards me um yeah, yeah. 
and, and, and that's part of the reason why you go to school, have those experiences, you you um you take advantage of internships to kind of learn what I like, what I don't like, what I'm good yeah, at, what I'm not exactly, good at. Exactly, exactly. And, and then it starts to help uh clarify your uh your and I path. know like as a kid, especially, you know, the why is so important. Why am I learning math? Why am I why do I have to write this five-page essay? You know, it's to kind of experience you and give you give you the experience to see what you do like, what you don't like. Um, personally, I'm a math major. So sometimes the theoretical side, I, I don't understand why, but especially in college math, um, in the math department, it teaches you how to think a certain way. So now I say, I think in numbers. So when like going back to the Patriots, I was like, you know, of course, Tom Brady went where, you know, the numbers seemed right. So yeah, it teaches you how to think, I guess. <laughs> Wonderful. So you went back to the Patriots. I'm going back to, uh, your volunteering. And so this leads me to Orange Arrow. So first, how did you find out about Orange Arrow? So I actually had to run to be the SAC representative for cheer. And so with my background in volunteering, I knew SAC was big on volunteering. And, you know, I loved being being able to represent cheer in that kind of aspect. So I applied to that and my coaches granted it the position to me. So just going to the different SAC meetings, they mention you guys quite often um as a volunteer opportunity and of course me being me loving to volunteer I decided to definitely try it out um and I I've loved it ever since I will say that um but yeah that's kind of how I found out about Orange Arrow yeah and uh and we love having you join every time you join mm -hmm. um was that 2020 you were the uh community service of the year yeah, you won a community yeah. service award of the year I'm so award. thankful for it so thankful for it and so, so why do you continue to uh, support and, uh, and volunteer with OA? I just think it's so important to inspire and educate the young student athletes for a life of success. And I know some of the things that you guys do, especially with the money talks, I even kind of struggle with that aspect of it. And I definitely didn't know that as a young student athlete. So I just think, especially there's such an importance of education and life beyond your sports as well. You know, I being in sports where, you know, gymnastics and cheerleading, there's not really something you can do after, maybe besides being a heat dancer or, you know, an NFL cheerleader, which um, statistically wise just isn't probably most beneficial. So looking at that, I just realized there's such an importance for education. And I think the fact that you guys are educating the youth on that is monumental awesome awesome but hey thank you who you are it's been a joy to get to know you uh better doing this uh doing this time here appreciate your continued support you're always part of the oa family i'm looking forward mm -hmm. to uh remaining connected yep of course i definitely will be at oa next year and hopefully you know get to meet you guys in person sometime <laughs> let's go yeah yeah no and we talked about this off podcast how like we met virtually during the pandemic. So we actually never seen each other in person. Yeah, and it's yeah. incredible the times that we're in now that we can still get to know people even in this <laughs> virtual space and during these challenging times. So it's been really great to get to, to know yeah. you and your teammates. And thank you for everyone that you bring bring to the, um, you know, to, to the 08. Yeah, 08 of course, as well. of course. Appreciate you, Eddie. Thank you for your time. Yeah, of course.